What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is in my hand. Fan effect. All right, welcome back. It's holiday weekend. Maybe you have a couple extra days off. You're looking for something to beat the heat. Stay inside. Uh, movie show host Andy Farnsworth with KSL News Radio and the KSL Fan Effect Podcast has some ideas for you on what to watch. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? After 42 years, one of the most iconic movie characters ever, Indiana Jones, brings his story to a close with one final adventure in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Harrison Ford reprises his role as Indy, yes, even though the actor himself is 80 years old. But don't worry, director James Mangold knows this and tries to give you the best of both worlds. The first 25 minutes of the movie is a flashback to World War II and an adventure had by a younger Indy, complete with digital de-aging technology on Ford, Toby Jones, and the bad guy, Mads Mikkelsen. The rest of the movie we spend with the current versions of the actors. Most of the story takes place in 1969 as older Indy gets entangled in the chase for a relic that is believed to have the ability to let its user alter the past. Joining Dr. Jones on his crusade, pardon the pun, is his goddaughter Helena Shaw, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. The two race against Mads Mikkelsen's Jürgen Voller, a former Nazi-turned-scientist for the U.S. government, as each of them seeks out the Dial of Destiny. Now, Dan Spindle and I are probably not the only people who want this movie to be great, but have been afraid of what we'll actually get. Most of the viewers of a certain age don't have much nice to say about the last Indiana Jones movie, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I'm pleased to say that I thought Dial of Destiny is a much better film overall. The digital de-aging isn't perfect on Harrison Ford for that opening sequence, but it is pretty close, and it was great to see a younger Indian action. The older Harrison Ford acquits himself pretty well, too, and thankfully director Mangold doesn't try to have him do anything that's too out of reach for somebody his character's age. I will be interested to see what people think of some of the story choices once they've seen the movie. But for me, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny was a good, if not great, way to wrap up Indy's story. I've heard some complain about Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, but I liked her. All that plus a John Williams score. I'm going to round up and give Dial of Destiny three out of four stars. It's rated PG-13 and playing only in theaters. Another movie debuting today is a delightfully new animated feature called Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. It's from DreamWorks, the same studio who made Shrek, How to Train Your Dragon, and Kung Fu Panda. So they do know what they're doing in this arena. Here, our main character is a 15-year-old girl named Ruby Gilman, voiced by Lana Condor. Ruby lives with her parents and younger brother in the town of Oceanside and is a math whiz. She has all the regular teenage concerns, fitting in, hanging out with friends, getting a date to prom, you know, the usual. Oh, yeah, she and her family also happen to be Krakens, those mythical sea creatures. And they're just pretending to be humans. When Ruby falls into the ocean one day, she discovers that there was a lot her parents didn't tell her about her heritage and, as it turns out, her extraordinary abilities. Also, that she may be the key link in the long-running war between Krakens and mermaids for dominion under the sea. Get it? Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, is an homage to John Hughes' teen movies, plus a metaphor for puberty. As you can see from the clips, it's quite colorful and boasts a solid cast, including Tony Collette, Annie Murphy, and Jane Fonda. My kids all enjoyed it. I didn't think it was as good as some of DreamWorks' best animated movies, but it was still pretty solid. I give it three out of four stars. It's rated PG and playing only in theaters. 
Another animated movie out now, but this one on streaming is Nimona, and it's based on a webcomic that was eventually turned into a graphic novel back in 2015. Chloe Grace Moritz plays Nimona, a shape-shifting girl who lives in a medieval-slash-futuristic society where knights are trained to protect the realm from monsters. When one particular knight, Ballister Boldheart, finds himself accused of murdering the queen, Nimona offers her help to exonerate him. Complicating things is the fact that the hunt for Boldheart is led by Boldheart's former friend and love, Ambrosius Goldenloin. Yes, Goldenloin. The main thought I had while watching this movie is that this is the most 2023-sounding movie I have ever seen. The style of humor, the rapid-fire dialogue, the soundtrack, and the themes all sounded similar to stuff I've seen my kids and their generation interested in. Moritz attacks her role with gusto, and the animation is quite good, all computer-animated, but with kind of a cell animation style that I thought was unique. Nimona was originally acquired by Disney when they bought 20th Century Fox, but they decided not to distribute the movie because of some thematic material in it. So Netflix has picked it up and is releasing it themselves. I will warn parents concerned with certain types of content. You may want to do some research on this movie before you watch. I will also warn fans of the original comic that there are uh, some pretty big changes made to the story. Nevertheless, I thought Nimona was pretty good and, like an onion, had lots of layers. It's rated PG and streaming on Netflix. Also on streaming, a very good new series on Apple TV Plus starring Idris Elba called Hijack. Elba plays Sam Nelson, a talented business negotiator who is catching a flight home from Dubai to London. It's a routine seven-hour flight until the plane is hijacked by a group of people who appear to have thought of every possible contingency. No one on the ground even knows the plane's hijacked, so now Elba must utilize his negotiating skills to hopefully make it home alive and maybe even create a peaceful resolution to the situation and save the lives of over 200 passengers. Now, contrary to what you may assume, based on the fact that it's Idris Elba and a hijacking, this is not an action series. It is very much a tense, dramatic thriller series. The show takes place more or less in real time as there are seven hour-long episodes and the flight is a seven-hour flight. Honestly, this is one time where you will really struggle having to wait between episodes each week. So I recommend the following. Watch the first two episodes that are available now to get in the feel for this series and then wait until August and binge the whole thing all at once. I watched the whole series in one day because I got so into the story. Hijack is rated TVMA and it is streaming on Apple TV+. On our honorable mention list, two streaming series that I didn't get a chance to watch but that you may be interested in. First up is the fourth and final season of Prime Video's Jack Ryan series. John Krasinski is back as Tom Clancy's famous action hero Jack Ryan, a CIA analyst. In season four, Ryan learns of some internal corruption related to an assassination of the Nigerian president by a U.S. strike team. One difference with this final season is that instead of all episodes being available at once to binge on Prime Video, two episodes will be released each week for the next three weeks. Jack Ryan is rated TVMA. And finally, the wait is over for fans of the fantasy series The Witcher on Netflix. Part one of season three dropped this week. The series is based on the popular novels and video games and stars the former Superman Henry Cavill as the main character in the show, a magically enhanced monster hunter known as a Witcher. Cavill's character Geralt of Rivia protects a princess from those who would use her powerful magic for evil purposes. Season three of the show is broken into two parts, the first five episodes available now. The last three will debut at the end of July. This is the final season with Cavill as Geralt. He'll be replaced in season four by Liam Hemsworth. The Witcher is rated TVMA and streaming on Netflix. Looking ahead to next week, not a lot of big time stuff, unfortunately, but there is a new Insidious movie. 
and a movie debuting on the 4th of July about a man with connections to Utah who works to free children from human trafficking. So the question I have for you guys is, are you going to Indiana Jones on opening weekend? I don't care if it's not perfect. I'm glad to get Andy's review. I, look, I said this this morning. The first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, came out when I was a baby, okay? The fact that we get to watch Harrison Ford again the adventure. on the big screen, John Williams' score, done. And it makes me want to go to Disneyland and get that. That too, yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, yeah. thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out my other in depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there.